up, what up, what up, what up? It is your boy Nino the Kid, and I'm here with Kathleen Natalia, and we are lit, loud in the theater. Kathleen, tell them how you feeling. I'm feeling pretty good. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Kathleen underscore Natalia. Where can they find you? You can find me on IG as Neen Kid. That's N-E-E-K-Y-D. You can also find me on Facebook as Nino the Kid, as well as you can find me on Twitter as Nino the Kid. I want to know what's going on in your life that you want to make some big noise about. What is happening? What's popping? What you want to share with the people? Okay, I got three things. One is good, one's mediocre, and the other one is a big middle finger too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start with the good part. The good part is um, right now my baby girl, she will be starting uh, school soon. We're working on getting her in school. Um, so right now, um, we're, we're doing our best to prepare her for that. But she doesn't even realize that like, we're just giving her this whole... We, we, t- we speak to her like she's an adult. Mm-hmm. And the way she responds is, is incredible. So I was watching one of those videos the other day where, you could, where, where the guy was teaching his kid, you know... Um, you know, economics in terms of, and they was testing the kid in the store. They said, yo, you answer every question right, we'll get you anything you want in the store. And boom, little boy was breaking down uh, uh, finances on, on a property level. And I want her there. So that right there is like my new mindset towards her. And I'm feeling good about it. I'm excited. I haven't really run it past my girl yet. So, cause I, I would love to see a six-year-old version of her giving me the business, telling me about finances, or hell, she'll get old enough to be be able to come over here and take care of my work. You Honest, feel me? Honestly, she's probably going to be giving you the business regardless. So Yeah, but I, I want her to give me the business educated. I don't <laughs> want her to just curse me out. You know? I, want to <laughs> I, I want her to educate me at the same time. So uh, my mini yogurt thing right now, again, I, I got a week off. I didn't really take a vacation, but I got to sit home and, and talk with the family and, and, and you know try to reconnect as much as I can. And, and definitely enjoy the, the peace and tranquility, which is the place, my particular domicile that I pay for. And I never get to really enjoy it, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, but running out to work and, and just doing the upkeep of the place and, you know, trying to entertain family. Um, and my big middle finger, too, goes out to the New York State educational system. I don't know what y'all want to call yourselves these days, but right now, Board of Ed, y'all messing up. Y'all got these kids in summer school as well as y'all had them going through school on these tablets that you've been administering to kids. And these tablets have been shutting down. You'll be giving these kids impossible tasks to complete one of these things. You're saying that the kids are not completing their work when in fact, and I'm proof of it, I've seen my son's work, but the school is not receiving his work due to the difficulty it takes for him to send off complete projects. And that right there is just like mind blowing. And big middle finger too, big middle finger too, because y'all got some of these kids and these parents at each other's throats. Trust you me, me and my son was at each other's throats. Y'all got some of these kids and their parents at each other's throats and it's not even their fault. They're just following a curriculum that y'all wasn't prepared for. Neither were we. We all in the same boat, but big middle finger too, because y'all should have had a contingency. They're gonna have to work on that. Yeah. Very so. much so. Well, what do I got to big up? Um, I had my first meeting with my thesis advisor for my final semester of grad school. So I'm excited about that because I'm so close to being done. You have no idea how bad I want to be done. Yes. So I have to like I told her in our meeting on Monday, 
I was like, okay, every day, and we're Wednesday now, we're recording this on Wednesday. So I told her I'm meeting. I was like, yeah, every day between now and the 31st, I believe, no, the 18th or something like that, I have to hand it in, something like around there. I was like, in between now and then, I'm going to work on this every single day. I have not worked on it once. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know I need to, but it is so hard to get myself to focus. But I'm just happy we had the meeting because I needed the reassurance that I was not completely fucked when it comes to my thesis. Like, I know the minimum words we have to have, 35,000. I'm around that amount. Yeah, the minimum. Maximum is around 80,000, I think. 75, 80,000. I have 35. And this so I'm book. already in the minimum. And I'm going to get more. So as I, throughout the semester and I was like, all right, I'm doing okay. And she was like, you're in a better place than most people because this is thesis two. And she was like, some people come to thesis two and after thesis one, they've deleted everything they worked on and they're like starting from scratch. And at least you have something to build off of. Not a lot of people come in here like that. You'd be surprised. I'm like, nah, I know. A lot of my friends that were here last year were like, I started over, girl. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm scared. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm hyped that I'm not starting over. I got my thesis, which because I'm in fiction, I have to write a novel. And I have 35,000 words towards it. I'm already coming towards the, I, I figured out my ending. I don't have my climax quite figured out yet, but that's all right. We're going to work on that in thesis too. And I started a whole new first chapter. So I'm feeling good about those things, even if I haven't worked on it this week. That's dope. I stick it to those goals, but other things are working out. So I'm going to be happy about those. Then last episode, I mentioned my short story getting published. So I finalized my contract for that finalized my edit and sent them my bio, my picture, all that stuff that they're going to publish with it. And uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm hyped because this is the first time I've ever been published professionally. And it's the first time I've ever been paid for my writing. I've never been paid. It's not a lot. I can't even pay a bill, but <laughs> it is payment. <laughs> Yo, it it's is a start. Payment. We, gotta, we all got to start somewhere. That's for real. That's, that's just what it is. For real. I mean, all right, let's move on because we got a show to do. Question of the day. Question of the day. Let's go. Which I want a better name for that. I don't want to call it question of the day. I want something better than question of the day. That's a little too, it's a little too average. Um, <laughs> better. You don't have to think on it now. But you know we'll come up with that. I want we'll come up with better. that. But question of the day. What thing from a movie or TV show has stuck with you throughout your life, even though you know it's not real. Now, I'm going to give you my answer first so that you have an idea of what I'm talking about. So, you remember the Leprechaun movies? Yes. Jennifer Aniston's starring role. (laughs) Who? Jennifer Aniston started in the first one. That was her starting... Yep. She started in that movie. And then after that, she went to Friends. I did not know that. I haven't seen Leprechaun in a very long time. But I'm talking about, like... The leprechaun was played by the same uh, little person who played Willow Offgood. Really? Willow's on Disney Plus. Yes, he is. <laughs> Willow's on Disney Plus. I have to watch Love that. me some Willow. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, I think this was Leprechaun 3. I'm not sure. But it's where he was looking for a wife. And so there's Remember a that. scene where he's hiding in this girl's kitchen. And he says a spell where he goes. She sneezes once, she sneezes twice. She sneezes thrice, she'll be my wife. Be my wife. 
Every time I sneeze two times back to back, I'd be like, oh, hell no. I know in my right mind, ain't no leprechaun looking for me. I know that. But if I sneeze two times and I I feel myself about to sneeze a third time, I'd be like, ah, 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 ah. Nope, nope. Don't do it. Nah, let me, nah, hold that back. Nobody bless me. That wasn't a sneeze. No, you have to say bless you because that was the thing. If somebody said bless you to her before she got to the third sneeze, it negated the whole spell. He had to start over. And so he would kill people who said bless you to her and shit like that. And so I'd be like, sneeze. I'd be like, at you, at you. All right, now, bless me. All right, I said it. All right. Bless you. (laughs) I bless you. And I know that that's stupid. I know it's not logical, but for some reason... That shit has stuck with me. All the Leprechaun movies I've seen, that is the only thing that has stuck with me from all those movies. She sneezes once, she sneezes twice. She sneezes thrice, she'll be my wife. And I'm like, nah, nigga, not in here. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I've actually had a few things in... In some I movies. more, but I'm gonna leave it with that one. Go with that one, though. <laughs> I, I, I've had a few things that from some horror films that has definitely stuck with. One in particular, if you are an '80s baby, you know this movie. The name of the movie is called The Ghoulies, mm-hmm. and if you don't remember, this is what you have to look for. Oh yes, the ghoulies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you said the goonies. Nah, the ghoulies. Yes, the motherfuckers in the toilet. Yo, I was that was my second choice. And I have had one of the only and this is probably why I will not use I, I can't I can't take a dump anywhere outside my house. But you know that shit don't matter, yo. They was even in people's own private toilets, yo. Yeah, not only in their toilets, they was in their homes. They was coming out <laughs> their garbage. They came from what? under the sink, and then that little kid had a bunch of them in his room. They were his friend. <laughs> <laughs> he had to stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they looked so gross and slimy, like they just offended all I five senses. I remember that shit. You know how long it took me as a child to get back to feeling safe sitting on a toilet? Man, listen, I to this day, I'm not going nowhere, especially like, I, I know people who can say, yeah, yeah, I was about to get on a train, but I had to go to the bathroom, and I missed the first two because I was in it. You were where? You used the NYC MTA bathroom? Never in my life. You sat on it? Nope. Well, you know, I put tissue around the thing. No, ain't enough tissue in the world. They told us alligators lived in the sewers back in the day. That didn't even scare me as much as the ghoulies. I grew up on Ninja Turtles. So I I, kind of had faith of things surviving in the sewers. And I know for a fact a rat can survive crawling up your pipes, holding his breath, and swim right up out of your toilet. I saw on Twitter the other day where a woman says she went in her bathroom, lift up the lid for a drowned rat. Uh, snakes do the same thing living in separate and this is an NYC a drowned oh, rat God. I'm not worried about snakes because we don't really live where there's snakes you know what I'm saying right unless somebody has a pet but even then it's not that that's not something I ever thought about really but the ghoulies really had me fucked up with the toilet situation oh, like, I was scared 
to take hey. shit. And remember, I got to pee every time. I, I mean, I got to sit every time I go in the bathroom, pee or shit. I don't even have no options here. Every time hey. I'm in the bathroom, I'm in there like, please, please, <laughs> <be> okay? <laughs> please. So let's get into this week's show. So I said last time that we would be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. That was a lie. The lie detector determined that was a lie. So... <laughs> But we will be coming back to Nightmare on Elm Street because I oh, do we are absolutely coming comparison back. to the 80s Nightmare on Elm Street to the Millennials to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. There's oh, a huge okay, difference Okay, let's there. do it then. Let's do that then. Instead, what we're going to talk about, I, the reason we changed is because I realized Umbrella Academy premiered its season two and I had completely forgot that that was happening. And I would rather talk about that right now because Nightmare on Elm Street ain't going nowhere. It's going to be there. Right. So <laughs> let's talk about Umbrella Academy instead. Umbrella Academy. Yes. So let's start with initial thoughts, general feelings about just the show overall. We're going to get into deeper shit later, but let's talk about overall initial thoughts and feelings. Um, I think uh, the beginning of season the beginning of season one was great. I loved the beginning of season one when five went back in time. Well, he went to the future and he got stuck and he got to see you know what was good, what was getting ready to happen. You know, I thought that was dope and him coming back and you know having him spend forty years alone mm-hmm. in the future and then come back and his consciousness. He has the 40-year-old consciousness inside of a, 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 the body of a child. Props which is to that definitely. actor. Yes. He is that phenomenal. Is, he's doing his thing. What and is his name? I, uh, uh, I don't know his, 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 his real name. Um, the whole, uh, 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 the time police, they're great. Mary J. Blige. I love her. Even I've heard people say they don't like her in Umbrella. I've heard people say they don't like her, but I love her. I will get into reasons why I don't like the character later on, but I think Mary did a fantastic job. Uh, I think Mary's, um, I think Mary in the movie was definitely a good look for her. Shout out to Mary J. Blige, by the way, too. Clap, 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 clap. All around. Mary, her her career is just ridiculous. Whatever reason you got to think to thank anybody, you can thank Mary J. Blige for that too. You enjoyed your dinner last night? Thank Mary. Mary J. Blige. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank Mary forever. Mary has Um, definitely Aiden Gallagher is that kid's name. Aiden Gallagher. Oh he turned 16 while filming season two. Look at that. That's how young he is. Phenomenal actor. Aiden uh, Gallagher, I I foresee a very bright future for you. Mm -hmm. Keep up the good work. You're doing an excellent job. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So the story overall, like I thought it was definitely a dope story. It has some some loops and things to bring you back to. I think the saddest saddest person in that story is the the big dude. I can't remember his name. Um, the, the, The big guy, the one that stayed on the moon. Mm-hmm. For all that time, his name and is um Luther. Luther, I Boy, fucking he, hate that motherfucker. But go on. I, I like he's a big dummy, but considering he spent majority of his life living on the moon alone, mind you, the only interaction he had was video chats, and after a while, those kind of died down. For you know that I thought that was definitely you know his his character is definitely uh, being played well, uh, being as naive as he is in season two, <laughs> trying drugs for the first time and, and, and you know, getting- No, getting, season one, he tried drugs. Yeah, season time. one, trying drugs for the first time. And you know, the, the, I, thought, I thought the way they played his, his role is very well. And, and, um, and, oh God, their father, their father, what to say about him? He's like 
Jesus Christ. He he's like Scrooge McDuck with fringe elements. Nah, like, he's I, not even like Scrooge. Scrooge had a heart. Scrooge had some warmth and kindness to him. Yeah, the, at the end of the movie. <laughs> at the, well, not Scrooge McDuck, but Scrooge, period. Oh, he's oh, like, oh, oh, not Scrooge. I was thinking McDuck. I yeah. from I always throw, every time I say Scrooge, for some reason I throw McDuck on the end of it. It just <laughs> feels right. I forgot Scrooge. Shout out to DuckTales. <laughs> yeah, so, but he was, he was Scrooge with fringe elements. He was like, he, matter of fact, you know who he reminds me of? Tony Stark's father with a more uh, uh, in-depth yeah. look at the way Tony described his dad. Like, it's, the way Tony described his dad was heartless. He, he, he didn't pay attention to him. He wasn't there for him. That's the way Tony described his dad. I don't and only one character guy. on the show can actually describe the father that way. I don't know. I don't agree with that. I can't agree with that. Because I feel like even the way Tony describes his father, there is some love there. Like, Tony is not as deeply damaged as these kids are by right. their father. Right, right. I don't know if I could go with that. That's why I said he's, he's like his dad. With, he's like uh, uh, Tony Starks or, or Scrooge with a fringe element. And that fringe element comes into play where it's like, even my child is my science experiment. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even. Keep going. You have more to say? Keep going. Um, I have so many thoughts. I, um, th that's about it right now. Um, I'll probably come back to with more. I probably got more. Okay. So I'm going to start off with my, my initial thoughts after the end of season one was just, if everyone would just listen to black women, everything would be okay. Because <laughs> I mean, that's just the, the, the ending I'm, for everything. Right. Because remember at the end of season one, Allison was like, yo, I could probably go in there and just fix this if I just go and talk to our sister on my own. It's all good, y'all. She walked in, the sister looked at her, smiled, and you could feel that it was about to be a change. And then them assholes jumped her out and tried to attack her. And she was like, fuck it, I'm going full carry, destroying everything. That didn't have to happen. Just listen to the black woman. She knows what the fuck she's talking about. We know what the fuck we're talking about. What's his name? Um, from season one, when he first came on the scene, Luther, he reminded me of the puppet master doll that has yes, the tiny the head. Yes, one. The same the outfit tiny little head. CJ. Let me find my camera so I can show you. <laughs> he looked just like that nigga. Every time I saw him on screen, that's all I saw was that puppet master doll. Because he looked, the tiny head, he had the same red sweater, the same black Yes. Body. I was like, yo, he is the fucking doll from Puppet Master. I'm going to have to put this shit on the, <laughs> the IG so it, it can be seen. He looks just like him. Yes, he does. Yes, he and does. So I, I just hated him because in season one, when he locks up their sister, what was her name? Um, Vanya. When he locked yeah. up Vanya, who's played by Ellen Page, when he locked her up, I was like, you now have set the course for her to become this big villain or monster. You could have done better. You could have been a better big brother, but you weren't. You were trash to her. You treated her so badly. And they in all season did. two, he continues to be an idiot. Yeah. It's like he's not really capable of thinking for himself. And it just pissed me off because I was like, why can't you put two and two together on your own? Why do yeah. you always need someone to lead you to the, the fore? Yeah, I couldn't figure out why he was making it such a hard task and, and understanding, dude, you don't belong in this time. You got to go. 
Like, why are you fighting him on that? I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hear anything about... Like, what... Why is that so hard for you to understand? Like, why don't you care about anything? And then his obsession with Allison just grosses me out. I... That's supposed to be brother and sister. At least that's how you guys were raised. Right. Even if it's not biological... From birth on, you were raised as brother and sister. And that's all that should matter to you. That's it. Mm -hmm. Okay? The rest is is null and void as far as I'm concerned. One other thing from season one and season two that every time I would watch this, every time, especially when they go back to them as kids, I would think about Josephine Baker's Rainbow Tribe. Have you ever heard about that? Okay. I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar. So in the 60s, around this same time, 1960, 1965, Josephine Baker adopted 12 kids from 12 different countries, and she called them the Rainbow Tribe. And she had a whole big compound where it was like a farm and a ranch and all this shit, and she would have people pay to come and watch the kids, like, play or whatever, and, like, she used them as, like, a zoo. And people would come and take pictures with the kids, and her whole thing was to prove that people from different cultures could all live together in harmony because she had all these kids living together. And it was like, that doesn't make sense because, one, they're children. Children are going to adapt to any situation. That's who they are. Two, they're being raised together. So whatever culture they came into your home with, they're going to assimilate, and now they all have the same culture. So that doesn't make sense, Josephine. And so there's a whole documentary on it. I don't remember where I watched it. Google Josephine Baker, The Rainbow Tribe. And you'll find it is the exact same situation where all these kids she adopted grew up in the same house and they all talk about like as adults, they were like, it was actually a very abusive household. They were not treated well. They weren't, it was really bad. Like she was like the father in this, but she was making demands on how they had to act, how they had to dress, all that so that they can be these perfect little kids for the audience that would come and like pay money to watch them play, pay mm. money to take pictures with them. It was weird as fuck. But every time I'm watching this, that's what comes to mind. It's Josephine Baker's Rainbow Tribe, especially since it was like, especially this season being that it was in the 1960s too, it really had me like, damn, Josephine Baker and that Rainbow Tribe. What were they doing at this time? Like, wow. That shit is wild. The fact wow. that she did that shit. First of all, the fact that a black woman just did that shit. I just always really? recommend black women for things that they do that are so unexpected. But it was horrible for those children. Horrible. They did not enjoy that experience. Their their childhood was completely taken away from them. But yeah, that's what that shit had me thinking about. Um, wow. Yeah. And also, you know what other character on that show that I like? Um, the, 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 the stoner brother. Klaus. His character, yes. His, 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 um, I fucked with Klaus Heavy. His... Characters played by Robert Sheehan. Yeah. I, I like his character. Very well developed. That guy has Is he issues. That way? Yes. I think he's very well developed. That guy has issues. A lot of them. They all have issues. No, but his are surface issues that are like relevant right now. Especially when he went in season two when he basically could started his own cult by just quoting song lines. In the 60s. When that motherfucker said, don't go chasing, don't go chasing waterfalls, waterfalls that lead you to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Used to. Said, Yo, and that guy was nigga, like, you ain't going still from TLC. <laughs> Yo, he melted that guy and started his own cult. Like, now imagine yes. one of us, any random one of us, went back in time with all the knowledge that we have right now. One will probably be bored to tears because there's no cell phones. And, and, and no internet. But we'll be taking back 
some of the greatest quotes in history. We'll be the philosopher's philosopher. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 But I just, Klaus, oh, I love Klaus. I'm going to be real. He's one of my favorite characters. Him and Five are my favorite characters, for yes. sure. But, oh, I, just and the, the fact, fact that, that he, he said, and, and the fact that he channels his, uh, his, his dead brother. But he channels all dead people. Yeah, but mostly his brother pretty much sticks with him. And yeah. when he finds himself in a dire situation, out of nowhere, random ghosts just pop up and help him out. That was yeah, when he was falling no through the air before. and he was like, catch me, catch me, catch me, catch me. Yeah. And the ghosts was just holding And they looked like, at each other like, like this motherfucker. Can't never <laughs> he always enters something. <laughs> ain't never get it together. Get on my nerves. Oh, so Klaus, I love him. He's, he's, he's hilarious. Yeah. He's definitely the comic relief of the show. You know, because everybody else is pretty much uh, not just serious, but they're, they become in, in, engulfed in the lifestyles that they're in, especially in season two. Even with Allison, you know, she becomes part of the, the civil rights movement. And we're going to talk about that. Hold off on oh, that because I wanted to come back to that. We're going to oh, have some man. in-depth talk about that. Yeah, and her role is just incredible there. Um, the, the big dude, he becomes an enforcer for underground fighters and... Mm-hmm. Even with him in that role, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't take him seriously because he's a doof. Like, he's a, he's a giant a doofus. doofus. Like, like, I don't look at him. He's not... The only thing that makes him halfway intimidating is the fact that he's huge. That's it. Other That's than it. That, yeah, he, he doesn't have an intimidating personality at all. No. Right. Like, I don't, I don't find him... He's the only... Out of all of the characters, he, I think he's dropped more tears in season one and two than any other character in the show. But that is... A Next little to something Allison to play into his character development because remember he's sent to space as a teenager. He's sent right. to the world. So he's stunted. Mentally, right. he's still a like a 14-year-old kid. Right. Where he's like the opposite of number five. Where number five right. is the old man in the kid's body. He's the kid in the grown man's body. Right. He never right. really got a chance to grow up. So even, it kind of makes sense when you think about it that way. Right. And even um the character played by David um I can't remember his last name. Oh, De- uh, Diego. Yes, Diego. Diego's character, I like Diego's character in season one because he was fearless. He reminded me of like Robin without Batman, like leaving Batman. Robin leaving Batman on his own accord. He changed his name after his night. He was Nightwing. Mm-hmm. That's what he reminded me of. Like he became his own detective. He's the, you know, the vigilante. He's mm-hmm. fearless. He has his, uh, an incredible skill set, you know, and he's trained by his, you know, he has his dad's training. So he's definitely, you know, kicking some ass out there. But in season two, when they revealed him as the, the dumb it one. It felt like they made him the dummy. And I, I thought yeah. that was just me. I was like, I don't remember him being the dummy in season one. Yeah, because uh, after he got stuck in that insane asylum, you know, things happened. He was in there for four years. What, three, four no, years? No, was he? We, I don't know how long he was Allison in there. was there with the longest. I, I don't think it was Allison the three dropped, years that he was in there. The, only, the person who was in the past longest. the longest was Klaus. Klaus was there for three years. No, then Allison was there the longest. Because Allison got, remember, they got dropped off a year apart. Each one of them was a year apart. No. Allison was the it first wasn't. One. It wasn't a year apart because when five got there, one of them said they had been there for about three or four months. And one of them had only been there a year. So what's the, the big goofy? Luther had been there a year. Yeah. Klaus had been there three years. Allison was somewhere in between. The, the Allison year was the longest. Allison she was, was like, no, she, she wasn't the longest. She was there like a year and a half, maybe. 
okay? Yeah. So she got, you know, Klaus was the longest. Klaus was there three whole years. years. She huh? met a dude, got married in a year and a half. She met a dude, got married, mm-hmm. and became a civil rights activist. Mm-hmm. All in, right. in a year and a half. Right. And I, don't, I think, I think um, Diego, who was in the insane asylum, I think he was there the shortest amount of time. I think he was only there for about three or four months, but his whole time he was in that asylum. Mm-hmm. He was the shortest amount of time. And bon- no, Vanya was there the shortest amount of time. I think she had only been there like a month. Yeah, because she, she came in with amnesia. Yeah. So with her going to that, that family, which is different, man. In the 60s, things are so different. You hit a motherfucker with your car and then take him home. Like, yeah, don't worry. I'll like, what? You. You take <laughs> Who the fuck does that? Like, like, you hit a bitch with your car and then you take them home. Like, yo, I'm sorry, and can y'all. I say, watching, if we go back to Dark, Watching the romance bloom between the wife and the woman who moved into their house, I actually really enjoyed watching that romance bloom because I love when I see anything where a woman is like getting her sexuality together and she's finding herself. However that looks, I love that. But watching that same thing happen between Vanya and Sissy was gross because Ellen Page looks all of 12 and that woman looks all of 40 and it looked disgusting to see them make out. I was like, Ellen Page, I know, I know Ellen Page is a grown woman. I know, but she looks like a child. And watching her make out with this woman who looks like her mother was so gross. I think in this, I think in this case, that uh, scenario kind of gets overshadowed by the, the, the actual power that Vanya has. Vanya can typically destroy the world. But that's the thing. Vanya doesn't have that power here because she doesn't know that. Just because she don't know it don't mean she doesn't have it. Because remember, it see as, the word, as her not she having know it. it then either, huh? If she doesn't know about it, you have to count it as her not having it because it's not like she can use that power to control that woman. No, 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 no. Oh, see, so yeah, no, no, no. Vanya and that woman, it's her. Her power is not to control that woman. I mean, just knowing that she has the ability to destroy the whole world, mm-hmm. and for her to have a, a relationship like this after amnesia it kind of makes her human again. Because prior to that, at the end of season one, she, she basically became the, the juggernaut. She was the, she's almost a god. Like she blew up the moon and had shards and pieces of it rain down on the planet. You know, and had it not been for that, you know, their timeline would, be, would have survived. But that right I, there- I agree with that. Made her larger than life. I agree with that, but I don't feel like that impacts how I see this relationship. Because to me, Vanya didn't need this to be made human. The humanity of Vanya was the way that she was mistreated growing up. Right, I think so The way that she, whereas all her siblings had each other, even as their father mistreated them, the siblings and the father mistreated Vanya. Vanya had no one. She was alone. And that's where I see humanity in Vanya. I could not get with this relationship with this woman because one, they addressed Vanya as a teenager. Her and her husband saw her as a teenager who was um, lost. They were putting out ads saying teenage girl lost in Texas, who knows? So they saw her as a child. So that mm. means this woman saw her as a child and then engaged in a sexual relationship with her. Well, this woman does not know that Vanya is probably in her thirties or something. She doesn't know that she thinks she's a child. And so it looked to me as predatory behavior on the side of the woman because well, she had all to gain. Vanya had all to lose. Vanya doesn't have family. Vanya doesn't know who she is or why she's there. Vanya is relying on this woman for everything. And then right. this woman is saying, let's be in a relationship. And even when Vanya is like, hold up, 
maybe we shouldn't be kissing. She's pushing for it to continue. And then when Banya falls for her, fully falls for her, oh no, we can't run away together. It, it, you know, this time period, it's not supposed to be, and my husband and blah, blah, she has all the excuses. And it's like, she was being super predatory, super right. predatory to me. But then again, she was also a woman who was stuck on a farm with a child with uh, uh, autistic needs. Um, and she has an abusive husband who thinks, you know, I sold the trampoline today. You know, I'm entitled to this and you're going to treat me this way, you know. And at that, this is the 60s. So at that time, and even in the 60s, a lot of weirdo things were taking place. You know, um, hell, I'm, I'm not sure of the date exactly, but hell, even Elvis Presley married like a 12-year-old or something like that. I agree. That is a thing that was happening at this time. Um, there weren't as much, there wasn't as much restriction as far as what is an age of consent and all of that. But it still felt predatory to me because even if it wasn't an issue at that time period to think of her age, to me, it was a major issue that Vanya had no one and was relying on this woman to care for her right. pretty much as her child. And the right. fact that this woman was putting moves on her essentially and, and pretty much relying on her, fully emotionally relying on Vanya to be her support system when it's like this girl has nobody she cannot be your support system she can't be your emotional like she can't she can't handle your emotions and hers and then you right. putting all that shit on her like that sh it just felt predatory as fuck to me it was gross i did not enjoy watching it every time that they kissed i wanted to vomit because it felt wrong it felt yeah like the whole let's run away together theme and Vanya trying to take her to the future with her. I thought that would have been the dumbest thing she could have did. But one, it makes sense that Vanya would think that way. It yeah. makes sense that Vanya, for one, this and is it also makes relationship, sense for that woman, period. We never also even seen sense. Vanya have a relationship outside of her family. Right. And it also makes sense for that woman to decline it because she comes from a generation where women didn't really have a voice or a choice. You pretty much got married young or, or, or whatever you got uh, impregnated or how have you. Impregnated and that was, somebody injected. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so aliens came down. Yeah, it was pretty much an after high school or during high school kind of thing. So, <laughs> so once these things happen, 16, 17, sometimes even 15 years old, these women would get married and their husbands are, are being 19, 23, 27. And a lot of these husbands were getting shipped off to the war, coming back messed up anyway. So these men were messed up and the women were put in detrimental positions and systems that they couldn't get out. The system just didn't apply to them at that point, you're whether you were wrong. white or black. You're not wrong. I agree with what you're saying, that this woman was in a bad situation. Her husband was right. mistreating her. Her son has special needs. And it's safe to say that she was probably feeling incredibly lonely in her life until Vanya came along. It still feels like she was wrong to put that emotional baggage on Vanya, who yeah. she viewed coming into her home as a child. And then yeah. to engage in a sexual relationship with her after she realizes this girl has nowhere to go and no one to rely on. You're right. her everything. You're her right. whole world. You're going to put this on her knowing that you cannot fully engage with her the way that she's going to want to fully engage with you? Nah. But that relationship ended up turning into being, becoming Vanya's anchor so that she would not allow her anchor to send her back to the person she ended season one as. Uh-uh. Where you saw that at? Vanya um, was ready to destroy the whole world. The only reason she didn't is because Ben came in there and talked her off the ledge. She, Vanya has no control of her powers. Yeah, she has she no doesn't. idea how to stop herself from blowing shit up. That's a fact. 
That's a fact. But I felt like she became an anchor, at least towards the end when they were sitting there fighting the, um, the, the time police army. And, you know, the army came to the farm and they took over and she had full control of her powers at that point. But everything that she was doing was basically for the kid and that, and, and, and that woman. She, wanted, she knew that she had a, a link to the kid after she saved his life and brought it back to life. Mm-hmm. She had a link to him. So that link that she had with him, she was doing everything that she can because she knows she can feel it, but there was nothing she could do about it because she had no control over her own powers, let alone trying to help him understand and control his. And he's autistic at that. And then at the same time, still trying to keep this one of those, all right, your mother may know, but we ain't going to find out. We're not going to have that conversation. Yeah. We'll wait until you got a glowing bubble around you and I'll rush it and save their day. I guess I just still I don't I don't see them as being an anchor in a positive way. No. I see what you're saying where they were an anchor to keep her from going nuclear, but which they weren't really because she almost did that anyway until Ben came and saved her. Right. I feel like they were an anchor in a negative way where they almost kept her from doing what she needed to do. Because remember, they would have been off to safety had that wife not wrote that husband a note, had Sissy not right. wrote that note. She right. fucked up everything. She put Vanya in a position to be locked up with the FBI and almost blow up everything. She mm-hmm. did that. So I felt like what? they were an anchor in a negative way. That they, those all are the because that people. woman put all that emotional pressure on Vanya, who should not have been given that. She was right. wrong. I can't see. Like, I have all the sympathy for her in her situation. That does not take away the responsibility she has for how she treated Vanya. It just, That's a fact. I'm That's being, a fact. Agreed, 100%. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll side with that one. Now, I also felt a little, first of all, two things about that scene where they were trying to get Vanya to, like, stop from blowing up when she's locked up with the FBI. Mm-hmm. The first thing is, again, the black woman has to be the martyr and do all the work. Because again. Klaus and Diego were sitting there, I'm not going, you go, you go, I'm not going. And she was like, fuck it, y'all are both children. I got it, I'm going. Then we see where... <laughs> Klaus and Diego are left because now Allison couldn't do it. Allison got blown back by Vanya's power or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we see Klaus and Diego talking about it. And Diego's like, all right, I'm going to go do what I got to do. And Klaus is like, wait, you look like Antonio Banderas with your hair long. And Diego was like, thank you. I was like, time. <laughs> yeah, his character totally changed for season two because he was so serious and, and hardcore. He was so serious. He yeah. was like, um, have you ever watched um, Arrow? Yes. He was like Arrow, where Arrow right. just don't crack a smile. Arrow never having a good day. Arrow just ready to kill. At all. That's what he reminded me of in season one. And then season two, he was this idiot goofball. Everybody's calling him a himbo. And I'm like, that's not what this character started out as. Why did they make him so stupid? Yo, and when he found out that he got uh, uh, inducted to the, to the, God, what is that? Assembly of of time cops where Mary J. Blige works five which works is terrible. It's such a huge yeah. part of the show. We so, should right. remember what they're called. <laughs> right. I can't remember either. So he gets the a commission. Yeah, the miss. Okay, and then the, the the girl. First of all, I gotta say this too. The girl he was in the insane asylum with. I love her. I like her too. I thought she was a very good addition to the show. Very very good. I like her too. <laughs> she played that character very well. Mm-hmm. Very, very well. Hats off to you, sweetheart. You do. You, you do. 
Like <laughs> you played she that really character did. very well. What's her name? I can't remember her name is, but she she did. She played that character very well. Like the, I, one thing I'll say is the acting is is not weak on the show at all. No, nah, not at all. Not I at all. With the acting on this show, heavy. Her name is Patricia Goodman. Is that her? Patrice. Patrice. Patrice Goodman. Goodman. Is that her? Yeah. Is that her? No. Is that girl's name Dot? Nope, no, that character's that name is, is Lila. No, she. That's not her. She plays Dot. Whoever that is, I don't remember who Dot is. Um, but yeah, she's uh, uh, I don't see her even listed as one of the characters on word. I don't even see her. Oh, her name is Ritu Arya R A R Y A Arya Arya Ritu, though. Ritu Ritu Arya. I love her character, she definitely plays that part very well. I think she'd actually been a good addition to that show, Legion. That Marvel has a show called Legion. I think she'd have been a good addition to that show. That show right there, you've you gotta be a little bit tweaked to follow the show. So I've I never watched that. Legion? That you got oh god, you've never watched that? This is about Professor X brother. We'll get into that another day. Okay, we don't don't we no, don't matter have fact, that not, now. His, not nah. his brother, his son. We'll get into that another okay. day. Okay, another time. <laughs> but I loved her character. You know, even when she was doing a double cross on Diego for her moms, and you finally found out who her moms is, and she walked home, and you see her moms. It's like, oh, she's not. And her mom's, I, I already knew her mom's was crazy from when they shot her in her head, season one. Before <laughs> that, I thought she was crazy. But that, for, first of all, <laughs> she got shot in the head. And then we come into season two and find out she never died. Her ass was just, <laughs> she's about to be cremated. And she's like. And wakes up. Who wakes up before the cremation? Get me to the hospital. <laughs> Yo. Those two dudes that was bringing that gurney for her body. <laughs> that one dude said, bro, I think she moved. He said, they do that. It's all involuntary. He was and like, he last week I had a guy fart eyes. all the way into the paper. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yo, he had me in. Yo. I couldn't get enough of that shit, yo. That, that shit was so funny. And she was like, get me to the hospital. Two dudes that got her on the gurney. And she says, get me to a hospital. You got to get into a hospital. I mean. First of all, they seemed very aggravated. They weren't concerned. They were just like, oh, <laughs> why you can't just be dead? Now this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now this. Like, oh, God. Jesus. We had another dude in here with, with metal bones. <laughs> so we can't even cremate all of him. Like, so <laughs> and here That's she goes. Can you imagine this shit? Word, now, now you done made the family buy urn, and, and now she's waking up. Well, no family, because I think she was a Jane Doe, which is another yeah, reason she I was a Jane they Doe. Her straight to the cremation. She was a Jane they were Doe. like, she, they, couldn't, they probably couldn't even find no fingerprints or dental, because remember, she didn't belong she's in that timeline. that time, yeah. Yeah, so they was like, they don't even she know wasn't even she born is, yet. So they just take her to be cremated then, whatever. She wasn't even born yeah. yet, and she's just as bad. She is just as bad as their father, because she, she did the same stole thing that like, girl. And come to find out, that girl is the same as them. Mm-hmm. And then while they're in the, in the farm battling each other, she's rec- recruiting the little boy. Mm-hmm. She's worse than their father because yeah. their father is legally adopted all. them. Their yeah. father legally adopted them. He didn't steal them. He legally adopted them. And he explained to them from day one what was happening. They always knew that they were trying to be superheroes. They knew they had powers. Whereas this woman lied to Lila. She made her think she rescued her for some dead, terrible home. Yeah, she even told so her she that really five kids her parents. parents to be murdered. 
by five. Yeah. She said five killed your parents, so on and so forth. Blah, 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 blah. And she believed it. You know, she she was out for revenge. Because she believed she everything she told her. Her mother, yeah, why would she, she thought not? that was her mom's. You know what I'm saying? So she kicked five ass and she was like, nah, I'm going to make... Five was like, yo, just kill me already. He was like, she's like, nah, I got to make you suffer. Like, killing you, that's too easy. We, we, I'm going to destroy everything. She was trying to frame him for killing the, um, the board, which right. the fish head motherfucker, that fish head nigga, yes. reminds me of... Klaus? Um, of who? I was going to say Klaus from American Dad. No, but that's a good one. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Do you remember the show Evil Concarne? It was a spinoff of Billy and Mandy, Grim Adventure. And they had a bear. I remember bear. Billy, Billy and Mandy, but I don't remember that. Oh, Evil Concarne had a character that was a bear. And he had a human brain. And the brain was inside of like a type of tank that the fish was in on thing. And then he was trying to find his body because he used to be like a model. And so now he ran this like evil corporation. And he was trying to I get his this. body back together. I did see this. Evil Concarne. He looks just like that motherfucker. Yeah, but when I first seen that fish, I was like, "Is this Klaus?" <laughs> I, I can like, see that's a that's probably there was American an episode of American Dad where Klaus is like having a dream or something like that, and he's this super agent and he's rescuing. Yes, and, and, and he's and he's driving. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exactly what it was like. You are right. You are absolutely right. <laughs> So it just blew my The first time I said, I was like, what is Klaus doing here? He does not. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane need to write them. But even though his, his character was short-lived, well, I, if, if there's going to be a season three. There's definitely going to be a season three. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, some shows get, you know, cut off in the middle of things, even when they're good. That's true. You're right. Because I will never forgive them for what they did with um, Sense8. That was such a phenomenal show. Man, listen. But um, I got two questions for you. What's up? So you remember the scene when... We were just talking about um, Fish Tank Dude when Five is chopping him up or whatever. And those two white girls walk in on it and they like, uh, okay. And they walk back out. (laughs) I was like, that is the perfect reaction to that shit. You go mind your goddamn business. What? Okay. So I was wanting to ask you, what would you do in that situation? If you that shit. In that situation, I, I think I'd pretty much be going through the same thing. I'd walk in, look around. Oh, that is. Oh, I'll just leave you guys to being dead. Yeah. Going about my business. Who am I'll I to come here? Let you guys handle that. Sure. Who am I to come in here flaunting my life and liveliness? <laughs> Y'all dead people. Ooh, my bad. My bad. I ain't mean that. 100%. <laughs> and you can tell they worked at the restaurant. I would have probably went home. I'm not right. even staying. I'm going right. to go to my boss like, yo, somebody is killing people in there. I'm going to go home. You handle that how you see fit. Have a great day. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, wa- I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to be warning people as I walk out. Like, you don't want to go in there, bro. Things is happening. You know, and it ain't the meatloaf. <laughs> it is not the special. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you do what you think is best. I'm no. leaving. The only reason I'm saying something is because I don't want them to come back and think that I had something to do with it because I left right. it on nobody. So the only reason I'm going to be like, yo, something going And with my luck, there's a black guy out of Afro. He mm-hmm. kind of looked like the kid from the boondocks all grown up coming out <laughs> here with glasses on. <laughs> For real. Like, you ain't finna give me on no shit. So I'm out of here. But wait, I want to ask you this question though. So when Klaus walks in and he sees the dead brother on the couch and he's like, so he's like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights. We, we burn in a barbarian. Mm-hmm. Now, 
let's say you come walking in my neighborhood you're like let me go stop by my sister house real quick and see what's going on and you come in and see a dead body on my couch what the fuck is your reaction well considering it's you i'd probably have the same all right so we'll be burying this motherfucker well i hope you got a car so we can take the plates off and just leave them in the trunk somewhere (laughs) Uh, or or let's 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 ding dong dash his ass lean him on his own door ring his bell and run uh-uh, too much we'll CCTV. do it like he was drunk. Gonna see us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll do it at 4 30 in the morning. <laughs> I appreciate that because I ain't gonna lie, I'm not helping you bury or burn that body. I'm not doing Shit. it. If I show up to your house and there is a dead body on your couch, I'm gonna be like, all right, well, you have a good night. <laughs> I mean, if it was somebody else, like if it, if it wasn't my sister, my brother, if it was somebody else, any random, and I go to your crib and there's a dead body on your couch. So um, I just remember I left my refrigerator on. I'm out. He left my refrigerator <laughs> on. <laughs> nah, even if it's you, even if it's the only person I would probably help bury the body is our mother. Even if it's you, because I'm going to tell you why. I'm just going to think, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to say shit to nobody, but I'm going to be like, this is for you to handle. And the reason why <laughs> it is because CJ, you always in some shit. <laughs> I'm not going down with you. I'm not getting involved. I've been being a good nigga these past few you years now. You have been. been. A good nigga. I'm very proud. <laughs> you, I am very proud. <laughs> that does not take away what history has taught me. And that is that you are always in some shit. And so I would be like, okay, well, I hope you figure this out. Uh, have a good night. Call <laughs> me when you got it together. I'm going to figure it out. I won't be telling nobody. I'm not going to snitch. That won't happen. <laughs> If anybody find out, they ain't find out from me, but I'm definitely not going to stay and help you dismember or burn or bury. I'm not helping you do nothing. Because okay. what? I'm like, I'm sure I don't even know who this motherfucker is. I'm not getting involved in this. Have a great day. <laughs> Unless you got all the provisions to dismember a motherfucker. I'm not doing that. That won't even be my idea. My idea is to get this whole human, this whole carcass out of here. Not in parts, the whole carcass in one trip. That's very We're not doing this like grocery. <laughs> That's terribly inefficient. Yeah, no. I would prefer to not have to kill someone. That's my yeah, preference. No. But luckily, we're not going. Luckily, no, our lives have made the right. greatest turns. I was wondering in the world. because when I saw that shit, I was like, yo, the, the fact that he reacted like that, I was like, all right, what are we doing? Burning the berry. Let's go. Yo. If it's I was family. Like, That's some real shit right there. If it's family and I got to protect mine. This is what it is. We burning a burying. Let I me mean, know. I'm I mean, if it, it's, I'm, I mean, the, I'm the, even the, gonna give you an alibi. You need an alibi. I got you. I'm not helping you bury <laughs> You know what? I appreciate that right there. <laughs> I appreciate that. Because I'm, 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 I'm gonna need one. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got for you. I'm not touching the body. Nah, you good you on know, that? Nah. That's that's definitely dope right there. So. um... <laughs> So I, I definitely, we, we, we know what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, I, and I figured that would be your answer. I was like, CJ will help me bury this body. I'm not going to help him, though. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I got you. It's all good, though. As long as you got that alibi ready, I'll take care of it. I got your alibi. And if somebody asks me if I saw anything, no. I don't know what you're talking about. You got the mm-hmm. alibi ready, I'll take care of the rest. It's all good. I am the rest. <laughs> it's all good. I am the rest. I got myself in it. I get it out of it. So. <laughs> I help you with that body. <laughs> um, back to uh, yeah, back to this. So that ending, season two ending, where the father 
we never gave the spoiler alert at the beginning of this, but oh fucking well. The um, father turned, if if a, you saw episode one, you know we dropped spoilers. Right. If you were listening to episode <laughs> one, you know what the fuck this is. Like, you shouldn't be listening to an analysis of a show and not expect spoilers. Come on. Get it together. Okay, so that ending when their father pulls his face off and is revealed to be an alien. What the fuck did you think of that? And then when they go back to 2019 and it's oh, he completely changed up the kids that and I knew that was gonna happen because they kept saying, No, you adopted us, you adopted us. I was like, he's gonna adopt all different kids now. Cause he has y'all have proven that he can't stand y'all. And he already don't like kids. He gonna pick different kids now. Y'all fucked up. No, he he adopted this wasn't those the same kids at the end? I don't know. We only Ben. Yeah. We didn't see We only we kids. saw the we silhouette. Only, yeah, but remember we um we saw Ben. Ben is the same. Ben, I'm like, I bet you he adopted all different kids. Yeah, and Ben's alive, so and I I I guarantee you it's gonna be doppelgangers through this one. This uh okay. season we'll three is gonna be all doppelgangers. Comes. So yeah. for him to pull his face off and be an alien, I, the first thing I thought about when I saw that was like who the hell asked M. Night Shyamalan for advice? This that that's what I felt like. Who Somebody, somebody accidentally asked M. Night Shyamalan, what would you do next? It's a twist. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wasn't thrilled. I was like, oh, here we go. Now aliens. We just can't go back and forth through time. Yeah. Like yeah, aliens. I, I wasn't impressed by it. I wasn't. I was like, I was like, wow, that's shocking. But I, but I wasn't like, oh, I'm so impressed. I can't wait to see season three. I was right. excited for season three because when of I saw what happened in twenty when they count back to twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. That made me want season three. But when I saw alien, Ben walk into like, the room and he man. was like, "Who are these guys?" Remember, <laughs> we don't know what his character could have developed to. We don't know died. what's going on now. We don't know what is what now. We we yeah. It's- right now, I think season three is going to be all doppelgangers. We might get one of those uh, 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 X Men versus Avengers kind of themes with this one. You know. They might have to go against each other and then have to team up to fight an even greater evil. Hopefully the evil is not in their father because I actually like his character. I don't think that their father is evil. I think he's just mean. No, I don't think he's evil. I don't think he's mean. I think he's a scientist. Now he's mean. I think he's a scientist, he puts, but he's also mean. I think he puts science over the preservation of anything else. I agree, but he's also mean. So, <laughs> and he's, a, he's an asshole. He's, he's sure. one of those people who has... Like, I, I, if you ask me, he probably got a house in Area 51 somewhere. Like, I mean, he is an alien, apparently, so who knows? Uh, apparently, right? So we, who, who knows? Like, he, he seems like the type to have something like that. So I definitely think, you know, season three will probably have a whole lot to deal with, you know, considering doppelgangers. And plus, this is a whole nother version of their dad now. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be as heartless as he was before. He didn't like kids before. He voiced it. So mm-hmm. he might have treated these kids so grimy that they conformed already. Or well, maybe and, he treated them completely different. Who knows? Yeah. Who maybe knows? He maybe he was different. like kind and cuddly and loving to them. Right. Maybe this one, they didn't have a robot mom. Maybe they had a real mom. Who knows? Right. There was something you wanted to get at with Allison becoming a civil rights activist. Yeah. So there's something I want to get at overall with all the characters that are black or poc characters so on twitter i saw people talking about this i cannot remember the specific person that shout i saw out to talking about gatewood, it the, huh? excuse me shout out to yusuf gatewood who plays raymond on that show uh he's allison's husband on this show his name is yusuf gatewood shout out to him great actor fantastic love i him. loved him oh my god 
can I tell you that it hurts my heart to think that Allison left behind that ambitious, hardworking, sexy black man and is going to go and be with this ape, funky-looking, goofy motherfucking brother of hers? That breaks my heart. <laughs> and she had to leave him. She had to. Yeah, she but, had no choice. Oh, what she is going to? Ugh, disgusting. Ugh. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to talk about how the the black and and the poc characters are portrayed on this show because there was a whole discourse going on on twitter and it made me re-watch it and think about the black characters and it was already something that was bothering me but i couldn't really articulate and seeing these conversations happen on twitter had me like yeah let me look back and see what is really on my mind first character i want to bring something up about is cha-cha the character that mary j blige plays Okay. It bothers me that... No, we didn't really get into Mary J. Blige too much, too. Yeah. So it bothers me that she was killed off in the way that she was killed off. Right. And she was such a ride or die with her partner, who was a white man. He betrays her, leaves her on that planet to die in the apocalypse while he goes back into the past and grows old with the love of his life right it felt it just felt fucked up to me to see that happen to her i don't know maybe i'm sensitive as a black woman seeing that happen to a black woman seeing how she's betrayed it really fucked with me and i didn't like it at all he left her in his doom timeline and then he leaves off with his girl and and she never did anything to him she never really did him wrong anything she did to him he did to her and so there was really no reason for him to do her dirty in the way that he did i felt like damn this black woman who is turning the other cheek, who is giving you grace and trying to still have your back as your partner, who is trying to, to, to let you live the life you want to live, who is supporting you in that. And then you do this shit to her because why there was no real, he couldn't really say what the reason was just because he didn't believe the handler, but why she got to be sacrificed for on that. that one. I got to say, and, and this one, I hate to say it this way because it sucks, but that's art imitating life. That's how I see all of this shit. To be honest with you, That's every time I start imitating. talking about PLC or black characters, trust me, I'm talking about the way I see art imitating life. And I think what a lot of people on Twitter were talking about is when it comes to Allison specifically is why does art have to imitate life? So when we talk about Allison, we have her. She's in Texas in the 1960s. And my first thought when I saw the conversation was, right, Texas, the 1960s, civil rights movement. What else do we expect her to be doing other than right. being in the civil rights movement? But then when right. I think further and I think about now, the Black Lives Matter movement, not every Black person is involved in that movement. Right. We may all be aware of it, but not everyone is protesting marching not everyone is posting stuff on social media donating not everyone's doing that and what and some people are doing the best that they can with what they can to help and so it and bothers think, me and what i saw people talking about on twitter was why does she have to be in this why does the black now, character have to have this be their narrative of always being fighting right, in the movement why right. does their existence have to center whiteness because right. when you put this into a black story you are centering whiteness. And it's saying that Black people cannot exist without their oppression and pain. Right. That's a fact. That's a and fact. And that's, that's not reality, though. I think her character more so got dragged into that struggle based on the connections that she made with the people she connected. The husband was already an activist. He was already heavy. Um, that the, the salon that she sought refuge in, you know, and a lot of those people that came with that salon. And I feel you on that. And that's what bothers me. I feel like, Yes, she was in this environment and kind of pulled into it, but you have to remember they are writing this. And they right. and one thing somebody brought up on Twitter, I I wish I could remember the the person's at. 
so I can mention it. But she said, this is a fictional thing. These people created this story. And so they could have had her doing anything else in this story and its timeline. She didn't have to be in the civil rights movement. She could have met a man and got married and had a whole other life. You know what I mean? That had nothing to do with the civil rights movement. It's the whole idea that Black people cannot exist without oppression being their storyline. You can write stories about Black people and Blackness and not have it be a movement, not have it be fighting for our lives. Like, And I felt like it didn't make sense to me to see Allison go into the 60s and then all of a sudden she's fighting the civil rights movement. While I understand when she got there, her having the problems that she had with those dudes that chased her, I got it. But I felt like Allison, the character that she was, the way that her character should have developed and should have maneuvered, it should have been her trying to stay out of shit. Because remember, she's for the first time does not have her power. She's Mm. in a strange time. She's all alone. She cannot speak. I would think she would want to lay low. She would see all this shit going on with civil rights movement and all that, but I don't see her as wanting to now jump in. I see her as wanting to cower away because she's just trying to stay out of shit. Right. And trying to just live. And so why couldn't she do that? I would have thought all of them would have followed that same criteria considering they say time travel is risky because... You can step on a fly and, and the president the be there, You know what I'm saying? So the, the butterfly flick that, that can happen. You know, there's so many different um, um, events in history that they're ultimately changing because I, I was trying to figure out what historical uh, figure is Allison's husband. I figured that his character had to have some type of historical history to him with truth the same way Kennedy did. And that's the thing. He doesn't. He's not a real character. He's not a real person. They just created a character. And to be honest with you, there were so many people involved in the civil rights movement whose name were never mentioned in any history book. It's easy to just make up a name. That's easy. But what you're saying is, is absolutely making sense. Like, they just created this character. They could create something else. Right. It did not have to be that she was involved in the civil rights movement. Her existence in this story did not have to be that of oppression. No matter the timeline she was in. I also thought, too, that her character was put through that kind of predicament because she's a heroine, and they wanted to keep her in a position of heroism, you know? They didn't want to put her in a predicament in the 60s where she gets married to some dude, and then she becomes docile, cooking, cleaning, and having babies in somebody's kitchen. I you know, feel you. It is the 60s. So I think they just wanted to keep her the heroine, and they wanted to keep her energy strong through the time that she had to remain in that time. I feel you and I agree with you. That's why in the moments that she was put in, where she's the first one to walk into the diner and do the sit-in, and she's the one to say, we still going to have this sit-in regardless of what's happening with my husband. I felt like that was true to her character as it was before we got to season two. Right. But now we're in season two, there should have been some character growth, some change, some character arc where she is now different from that person because she no longer has the main thing that has made her who she is. Her power. Yes. So she comes into this, she should not still be that same character. She should be slightly more docile because she's just trying to stay out of trouble. And that doesn't mean that she now has to be barefoot and pregnant with some man. I didn't expect that at all. But she also did not have to be, I'm about to black power this and save everybody. And we're going to change, you know, start a riot and all of that. That didn't have to be either. We didn't right. have to have those. There, I feel like there is a middle ground that exists that was not acknowledged. And when you look at the fact that everybody who works on this show, except for one person I saw, is not Black. Mostly white, one Black person I saw, and that person is French. And so you 
are as as a not every black person and i'm gonna say that now and i think that's something people don't understand the black american experience is a very specific experience that's and not fact. every black person can speak on or write about that that's a fact that is 100 percent true so you can't just think we got a black person on staff who's director, producer, writer, whatever, if they are not a Black American, they are not going to be able to speak on that Black American experience and the, with the correct amount of nuance and, and, right. and, and levity that it deserves. And right. it bothers me that Allison's whole story was the civil rights movement. No one else I mean, Don't that. get me wrong. I get it. It's a, it's a hot topic. It's trending right now. With, and that's uh, what it feels like, like yeah. pandering. It's hot topic. Yeah, it's not pandering really for, what it for the was, hot topic. It's just hot topic. I'm not saying these stories should not exist. I'm not saying that there isn't something there that needs to be seen. It is a problem and that is all that is being seen because then that's what people think of us. It's like a perfect example is how all through the 90s, the only thing we ever saw of the entire continent of Africa was starving children and people suffering and flies on the baby's faces. That is all we ever saw. Meanwhile, right. People who actually are from different countries in Africa are like, my family wealthy as fuck. Like, we live right. great out there. I don't know what you're talking about. And so right. when that's all that you see, that's all you think people are. And so you think that suffering is all that is happening on the continent of Africa. Every country is just suffering. It is not say that there isn't any suffering, but that is not all that there is. It does not mean that there aren't people who are prospering and living well. And it's a problem when... We can't imagine anything other than that. You, you, and that's what you, happens to us. That's a fact. But then that's all a matter of perception. So, But that's the, the thing. Of- Who's shaping the perception? When you only show one perspective, everyone tends to believe that that's the truth because per- perception is 100% of reality. That's right. everything. Whatever you see, if you see me sitting here right now and I'm purple and I have green hair, all you know me as is purple with green hair. It don't matter that I know that's not true. What you are seeing right now is telling you what's true. And so right. all we ever show people of Black American in, in life and Black American history is oppression and suffering and white savior. And, and all of our stories center whiteness in some form, whether it be the white person as the oppressor or the white person as the savior. What are we giving to Black people? Right. Like, at some point, we have to let that shit go. And that's what bothered me about Allison's story. Right. It keeps Allison's story in that bubble where they want to keep Black actors. Mm-hmm. Again, like, I understand what you're saying 100% because this is, again, this is that bubble that uh, Hollywood puts on Black actors. There's a million different stories to be told for certain, mm-hmm. but our demographic is only being told the same stories. and, and, and Over and over again. Yeah. Over and over again. And now, not for nothing... The, the LGBT, LGBTQ community, if it doesn't happen today, I, I give or take another decade, they'll be having this same conversation. No, they're having why- it now. Okay. Everyone's okay. having these conversations now because it's not just Black people. Okay. Jewish people are like, we are not only the Holocaust. Other things have happened in history that we, we can do other things in movies than be Holocaust survivors. You know, right. you have gay people who are like, oh, you know, we can have a love story that has nuance and layers that's not just about oh no, this gay couple can't be out in, in public. We can have other stories with other. Right. We can have people that are other have stories about them that is not just about them being other. Right. It can happen. That is, and that's, everyone's sick of that shit. It ain't just right. black people. I've been seeing it right on the now, time. I've been seeing it on Instagram. People are like, yo, can we talk about something else? 
we do other things. Right now, <laughs> like, I think the gay men are not only out here, you know, dealing with like there's gay men who are fathers who right. just want to be great dads, and that's a good story. To, I would love to see a show about a gay man who's a single father and he's dating. I would love to see that, but we don't get to see that shit because it has oh. to be, or, or we get if we do get to see that they're white gay men because they're the only ones that are given humanity. If your whiteness is involved, you get humanity and you get to be out here in the world just trying to exist. Whereas if you are black or Indian or Chinese or and I don't whatever, even look at, I don't even look at that as a as a triumph story in itself because one, I was raised by a black woman by herself. Like it's those things are supposed to be but that's impossible. The thing. It doesn't always have to be a triumph story. Sometimes exactly. it can just be a story. Yeah, Why that's does what it I'm always saying. Always have to be an overcome situation. Maybe exactly. just fucking living. Like so when you I'm, think about insecure, this is the reason so many people love insecure because it's not about black people overcoming anything. It's just flawed people who happen to be black. That's it, and that's what that's we're a asking. Fat. That's a fact. And that's all we're looking. For. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. That's it, hundred percent. But and and in season one, none of the characters were actually brought to my attention as black, white leader. Younger, exactly. older, they were all brought to my attention as abnormal orphans. Yep, that's, that's it. how I took them in. Season two gave them a whole different de- uh, a demographic to go by. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just feel like overall they didn't do well with any of the characters that were POC or black. I didn't like the way they did Chacha. Didn't like the way they did Allison. Diego, I don't know how he became so stupid. I don't know what happened because I didn't read him as stupid in season one. Maybe he was, right. and I just didn't pick that up. Right. I didn't see him as stupid in season one. Ben, I hate the fact that we only get Ben through Klaus. As much as I love Klaus, I want to see Ben doing his own fucking thing. But and I, I understand that that's just the nature of the story us. because he's a ghost now and blah, blah, blah. But we had that moment in season one where Ben pulls two people to safety right. as a ghost. And so he wasn't using Klaus for that. Klaus was knocked out. And mm-hmm. so I wish they would have developed that part of the story a little bit more for Ben. But I think Ben's powers are still coming to fruition because remember, now in season two, he can uh, take over Klaus's body. He yeah, but we don't even get that him. until almost the last damn episode. And he only does it one time where it's successful. Yeah, yeah. So everything that happens with Ben, I understand why it centers Klaus, but I just felt like where we left off in season one with Ben, we should have been further along in season right. two. He should but have been able to do now, way more and, and, and not rely on Klaus so much. But I think now with that absence of him in season two and his presence of his physical body in season three, since there is a version of him in season three, hmm. a living version of Ben that we was definitely missing in season two and all of the parts we've been looking for in season one. So we're definitely going to get something out of it. I don't know, because this is a different character now, maybe. His name is right. Ben, yes, but now he's different from the Ben that we've gotten to know all along. This but is a don't whole forget, timeline, so we've gotten to know still there through Klaus. Who's not to say that this new Ben is not going to teach him something that could make his the Ben through, body through Klaus? Physical. Yeah, Ben through Klaus is gone. He went into the light. Remember, he went to save Vanya, and then he he dissipates because he goes off into the light. And Vanya hugs him because he's like he hasn't had anyone hug him since he was seventeen. And, right. And so he go. He's gone now. Right. Right. Well, there's always those return moments. We'll see. I don't think he's going to come back. Let's hope. So. I want Lila, the only other person of color who's not one of the siblings, she's just completely manipulated and taken advantage of and the way she was stolen from her parents. I don't know. All right. So we've been on this for too damn long. 
it's time to move on. Okay. Um, so what shows do you want to go with? Shows and or movies do you want to go with next? Or do we got? So there is a new show premiering on HBO called Lovecraft Country that I 100% want us to talk about. Okay. Um, Google it. I'll say a little bit about what it's about. It's based on the novel Lovecraft Country. And it's about, we have a Black man who's looking for his father in the Jim Crow South. And it's a sci-fi horror where all the monsters and creatures that they interact in the journey of, in the Jim Crow South, trying to find his father. So we know we're going to have some of this shit that we just talked about because it's in the Jim Crow South. But I believe, let me see, because I I bought the novel because I want to read it before I watch. Okay. Let me see. I think it's written by a Black man. I hope it is. Shit. Um, it's executive produced Jordan Peele. So I'm already hyped. Yeah, that's my Okay. Guy. Jordan motherfucking Peele. So you know it's gonna be good. Yeah, with his weird ass. I love Jordan Peele. Everything he does. That is I'm gonna speak that into existence. I want to work with Jordan Peele or and not or I want to work with Jordan Peele and I wanna work with um Guillermo del Toro. I want to work with uh, him so bad. That is yeah. gold. Jordan Peele my life. definitely love to work for him. I'll definitely love to work with Jordan Peele because he his his mindset, the way he thinks. Nope, I mean, it's written by a white man, the novel. Okay. But I believe it was written in opposition to, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the show a little bit, because we're only going to have maybe two episodes to talk about, so we'll probably talk about a movie as well. Maybe we'll do Nightmare on Elm Street as well then. I don't know yet. We'll see. Okay. But we're definitely going to talk about Lovecraft Country. And from what I understand, it was written in opposition to H.P. Lovecraft, which was this pioneer of sci-fi writing, where he wrote a lot of the like monster that. stories and all of that. A lot of those books where you see the picture on the cover of the book is a big monster or creature holding a woman. Yeah, he wrote a lot that. of those books, but he was vastly racist, like vile with his racism, wrote essays about how much he hate black people, Jews, Mexicans. He was vile. Okay. A vile. And wow. so this was kind of written in opposition to that, to take his own okay. like idea and say, now we're going to make it a whole new way with black characters because wow. a lot of his books he wrote them where the monster was meant to represent a black person a mexican a jew or something like that he wrote it with that yes the monsters if you read wow. it with knowing after knowing that he is racist you will see how those the the villain the the monster character is always representing something in society that he did not like and they're always coming after white people wow so yeah this was written this novel was written to kind of like flip that on its head Okay. So it's called Lovecraft Country. Love so I want to read the novel and then I want to watch the show premiering on HBO. We'll probably watch like two episodes before we have our next podcast episode. Okay. So those two, but I also want to talk about a movie then and maybe Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm not guaranteeing that yet because you but never I, know. I might still gotta go. I still want you to watch Hannibal. I am going to watch Hannibal. I am. Keep in mind, school Hannibal. starts with me next week. So... I'm going to probably watch like a couple of episodes and try to watch here and there. And then we'll, we, we'll see. We're probably definitely going to talk about it, but I want us to get more movies because we haven't been talking about any movies. Okay. All I right. want us to talk about some movies and to kind of get off of Netflix a little bit because we've been on Netflix heavy. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm going to scan through some movies again. I want to, I want to um, pick up some, some, some horror films. Uh, that was done for the millennials. A lot of the remakes that was done for the millennials. The Texas Chainsaw Massacres with Trey, Trey Songs. Uh, oh, um, what a mess. Horrible. <laughs> what a um, fucking mess. 
I definitely want the world to know. But I will say, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed Trey Songz in that. He had a sex scene. No, he didn't. He had more than that. I just, I'm just saying I was not disappointed with his acting skills. I did not have high hope. I didn't have big expectations. And so I was like, it's not terrible. On this one? On this one? He's not Denzel. He's not winning awards. But I was like, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Because on this one, I got to say, even Nick Cannon at least gets a callback. Well, Nick Cannon is an actual actor. And only movie. Drama? The kid. That's the know. only movie I like Nick Cannon in. <laughs> oh, I was talking about Trey Songs. You ain't never seen him again after that. Well, I don't not know. On, we don't know if he's been trying to act after that. We not on nothing. Doing. Hell, he even redid the song for Power, right? Didn't wasn't that? And him? they were like, take that shit that down, down now. <laughs> now. <laughs> so Trey Songs, I love you, my dude. If you paid attention and you're listening. Listen to this. He don't know either of us exist. Right, but he will. One day Trey Song's gonna know one of us. Probably I don't really care to know Trey Song, so it don't bother me. I'm good. Like if I never meet him, I'm okay. I don't give a fuck. Well, I met him already. Me and me and Travis met him. Yeah, yeah, I met him because I was the one who told y'all to go meet him. I told y'all where he was and to go meet him. So I don't give a damn about that boy. (laughs) And I'm happy that his life is going well. I don't care about him. But um yeah, I, I I just thought, I didn't think, I'm not saying he was incredible. I just, he wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be. Yeah, watching, I thought Trey Songs in that movie was like, the cat, it's certain people I think should stick to their field. If you play basketball, just play basketball. If I you're a rapper, Shaq. huh? Shaq. I.e. the entire cast of Space Jams. But that has a cult following, though. I hate that movie, but it has a cult yes, following. Yes, it has a cult following because of Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. It was it was really bad. It was a lot of, hey, you did a cartoon character. You doing a thing? Okay. It was very bad. It was How does so the cartoon character <laughs> That blew my mind when Porky could have won. Porky Pig could have got an award for that movie. Yeah, the voiceover actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I'm sitting there like, yo, why basketball players? But the reason why I can excuse it. that is because almost everyone in that movie only did that movie. Shaq really tried to have both a rapping career and an acting career. Okay, both in Shaq's defense. Terrible decisions. In Shaq's defense, Shaq is actually a pretty good rapper. Actually, pretty good for the mid-90s, early 90s. Not superstar good, not even mixtape good, but fun good. If you wanted to hear some rap that didn't depress you about being in a ghetto and slinging drugs, listen to, sh- listen to chat. He was the only nigga in the 90s doing it. You could have also listened to MC Hammer or Wilson. MC Hammer at that time. Or <laughs> there were so <laughs> many other people. We didn't need Shaq in the rap game. Shaq wasn't that bad. And Shaq introduced us to other rappers who to this day are historians. I think Shaq did a lot. Nah. But his acting career as far as Shazam, Steel, we'll just stick to those two because I don't think he did anything else. Shazam and Steel. Shazam, Shaq, never again. Should you wear parachute pants on purpose? <laughs> I, I can't give nothing to Shaq. I can't. Steel? Basketball, fantastic. Keep Steel? doing basketball. When Keep you doing commentary Steel? on basketball. Keep raising your children. Keep doing those things. I cannot give Shaq any kudos on his music or acting. His, his music wasn't that bad. It was terrible. He had a song called What's Up, Doc? That was the dopest thing for the summer. 
even though it was like 12 people on it and Shaq only rapped for like two seconds, he introduced me to a lot of rappers that are definitely dope. There is a moment when you have to acknowledge that something is good because you like it, not because it's actually good. Because I love, I love Showgirls. But I know that movie is trash. Demi Moore? Demi Moore? Nah, not Demi Moore. Old girl from um, Saved by the Bell. Showgirls. I oh, know that movie one. is trash. Lisa. Not Lisa. The tall one. I forgot her name. Yeah, the tall white girl. I can't remember what her name was on Saved by the Bell. But I know that movie is the worst garbage that ever happened to garbage. But I love it. I love it. And I feel like you are not acknowledging that Shaq is trash. And you just happen to like him. Okay, Shaq There's gets my vote. There's some nostalgia for you. Shaq is okay. my homie. I, 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 I fucks with the Shaq man. Okay, that's, that's all you got to do. You right. like it because you like it. But it is trash. I fucks with the Shaq's man. All right. I fuck okay. with the Shaq. I can't fuck with everything he do. But, and, and if he dropped the album today, I'm not downloading, not buying it. I'd stream one song and I'm not that. streaming any of it. Because I just want to hear what Shaq The only thing I will listen to are the clips people put on Twitter to make fun of him. That's it. <laughs> I'm not going beyond that. Okay? Oh, God. You know who, whose music I will listen to before I listen to Shaq's music? Paris Hilton. Let's go. Paris Hilton had one summer banger. She did. Paris. Even though the stars are falling. Paris Hilton has a song. Yes. One, she has a whole album, but she had one summer banger that was actually a really good song. Wait, was this before we realized that she was famous for nothing or? We always knew she was famous for nothing. Okay, okay. Because I, I wanted to know if she dropped that song before we discovered that. Or we always before... knew that. She discovered that at the height of when people were paying attention to her. She, See, I mean, that's she put that out when we were at the height of people paying attention to her, which made sense. That's what people do. Put all your yeah, shit out during like, your 15 minutes. When, do all when your shit then. came like the talk of the town and everybody was loving her, I was like, wow, what did she do? Who is he? What, what is she? What is she, she started out just being a socialite. Yeah. And then yeah. from there, she's an heiress, socialite, and then became more famous through there. Whatever. Oh, she but just exists. Then she did the sex tape and then things just rocked it for her. But mm. either way, she has the one song. And I will listen to that one song 10 times before I'll listen to even the first 30 seconds of a Shaq song. Oh, no. What's up, Doc, is my joint. Mm, well, that's all right. Igno- as long as you acknowledge that Shaq is trash and you like him because you like him. And that's it. I got That's fine. Give it to my man, Shaq. <laughs> Shaq all right, me. let's get out of here. All righty, everybody. Thank you for listening to Loud in the Theater. We hope you had a good yeah. time. Uh, remember, you can... Did I ever mention that we have social media now? Oh, oh yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, you about the... the, the, the yes. IG? Louder Than Theater has social media now. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under Loud It Pod. That's L-O-U-D-I-T-T-P-O-D um, on both Twitter and Instagram. Follow us, like our stuff, talk to us about shit. You got things you want to say about what we talked about and you want to just comment and do that. I will definitely be talking back. I don't know if you intend to be talking back to people. Oh, hell yeah. All right, hell yeah. good. Do that. So yeah, go on there, talk some shit, talk to us, talk to us about shit. Tell us about your life. Tell us what movies you want to hear us talk about. Um, what else? Yeah, you can find me on the same places, Twitter and Instagram, Kathleen underscore Natea. Um, that's N-A-Y-T-I-A. And CJ, where can they find you? You can find me on uh, Facebook as well as you can find me on, on Facebook as Nino the Kid. 
You can find me on uh, IG as Neen Kid. That's N-E-E at uh, K-Y-D. No space. Or you can find me on, twi- uh, on Twitter as N2Easy. Straight like that. N2, the number two, easy. Thank you for listening. Hope you had a good time. I know you had a good time. Ain't no hope. That's a fact. <laughs> I know you had a good time. We'll see you in a couple of weeks talking about uh, Lovecraft Country. So make sure you watch that on HBO so we can talk about it and you won't feel like you're missing anything or like we're doing too much because you know there's going to be spoilers. Facts. All right. So you already know, don't split up. Stay together so we can all live to see each other next week. What the hell are you talking about? White people split up in the movies and then everybody dies. Black people ain't about that. We just trying to stay together and get through the end of the movie. Oh, you're talking about don't split up so you don't die in a horror. I was like, what? Don't split <laughs> up like a marriage? No, don't like, split up, stay together so we can all live to see it next week. I don't like that. <laughs> we'll work on that one. We'll work on that one. We'll work all on right, that one. All right, y'all. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Lady, y'all, we'll holler at y'all. Too.